Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. All right, Al, are you ready for this week's episode? I probably am, but, you know, once again, I have no idea what we're talking about. This one's a good one, because where are we right now? We are on vacation. And where are we on vacation? In Florida. And who did we used to come visit in Florida when we were little? Our Nana and Papa. And what was our Papa's favorite thing to do while we were here? Make sure we ate off our food. Well, yeah, but... (laughs) Besides that, when he was independently hanging out, what would he be doing? Puzzles. Crossword puzzles. Good job. Crossword puzzles. Good job. Glad we were on the same brainwave for that one. So today's topic is crossword puzzles, as inspired by our papa. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it would be kind of fun because I never really had thought about where crossword puzzles came from or how they were made or any of the things that go into them. So today we're going to learn. It is weird to think about just games or activities in general that somebody had to have the idea and then it had to have widespread adoption for people like, yes, this is fun and we're going to do this. Right. And we're going to do it repeatedly every week in a newspaper. Or like card games specifically. Like that's one of those things like who came up with the rules for Euchre and then convinced other people that that was fun. That that was fun. And that they had to memorize it because there's a lot of memory involved. Yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. Well, we might. We could learn it here. But for tonight, we're not going to know. We're not digging into that tonight, yeah. We're just doing crossword puzzles. I feel like we got too broad too quickly. So we're going to rehone back in, and we're going to talk about crossword puzzles. All right. So what is a crossword puzzle, Allison? It is a bunch of squares that have clues, and then you have to put letters in the squares. Very good. Almost exactly word for word. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, (laughs) so the official definition of a crossword puzzle is... A square or rectangular grid of uh, what... Okay. I, I mean, I nailed the first part You there. did. Honestly, yeah. There's more sentences, though. <laughs> a square or rectangular grid of white and black shaded squares. The goal is to fill in the squares with letters, forming words or phrases that cross each other by solving clues which lead to the answers. In languages that are written left to right, the answer words and phrases are placed in the grid from left to right meaning across, and from top to bottom, meaning down. The shaded squares are used to separate the words or phrases. I mean, that's almost verbatim what I said. Sure. (laughs) More detail, but yeah, we'll go with that. So, crossword puzzle history, and then we're going to get into some details about crossword puzzles that I didn't know existed. Let's start at the very beginning. That's a great place to start, but first, I have a question. Okay. Are you good at crossword puzzles? No. I'm horrible at them. I can do a themed one. Like, if it's, I don't know, like, uh, the office theme, I could right. probably figure it out based on context. Right. Generally, no. But I remember when Papa would do them, like, there's, and there are, and I'll share some of that. Like, there's some weird rules that, like, give you permission for certain things. Like, you can do acronyms and stuff like that. And so I remember trying to help him. And occasionally I would I would be helpful, but most of the time I don't think I would very yeah, much Yeah, I feel like crossword puzzles have this weird set of rules that, like, at first you don't think. You're like, okay, there's clues. I'm going to fill in words. But then, like, the more you do, you kind of get... You get the hang of it. The hang of... Because the clues are also weird. They're not always straightforward. No. And I think there's levels, right? Like, with anything. Because I used to be really big. I don't know if you remember when I went through my Sudoku phase. Okay, yeah. Yes. I would, like, play... the. I had that book that I was just, like, running through at, like, swim meets and stuff like that. 
like once you get the hang of it, it starts to like lock in and make sense. But crossword puzzles feel like they have a lot of gray rules, kind of like Scrabble. Do you remember when our grandma would have the Scrabble dictionary? dictionary. And, like, there were things in the Scrabble dictionary that weren't, like, in the dictionary. Right, yeah. So I feel like it's like that. Not to be confused with, like, word search or... Yeah. Those game books, though. Yeah. Those were, like, a staple in the 90s. Like, long car rides, word search. I mean, we didn't have smartphones, so we had to do something. Right. You either colored or you listened to your CD player that would skip every time you hit a bump on the highway. But never crosswords. I mean, I would do crosswords with Papa when we were here. And I think he let me believe I was helping, but I'm going to guess I wasn't very much help. Probably. I I know I'm not. I I would not be even now. No. I also don't think that, like, some of the crosswords that he did out of the newspaper were meant for, like, 12-year-olds. So I'm guessing I didn't know a lot of the answers to that. Probably. Okay, anyways, I'm sorry. Back to your history. I just was curious if you're even good at them. So let's talk. No. I'm not. I'm better at word searches. I can do Sudoku. I can do, like other puzzle games I like, but not... I don't actually like puzzles. See, I like actual puzzles. I don't like actual puzzles. I have a friend who loves puzzles. It makes me think of Winston, New Girls, and she's like, puzzling! <laughs> like, she's real into it, and I support her, but I don't... I can't help her. I can do the edges. That's my patience level with puzzles. No, see, that, like, visual thing makes sense to me. Like, I can find similar shade shapes that go together. I've even had... My husband has commented one time... Pre-children that would rip puzzles apart. I was doing puzzles during the pandemic. Oh, yes. And. I believe you had a puzzle on the floor. Well, I used to do it on the floor because our oldest, who wasn't only at the time, wasn't mobile. So I could sit on the floor with her and she could do what she was doing and was couldn't touch anything. And yes. so I'd sit and do puzzles. Well, you don't live in that world anymore. But not anymore. No. <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're fun. But. My husband commented one time, I, we were sitting there video chatting with friends because, you know, pandemic. pandemic. And while we were video chatting, I was just plunk, 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 plunking pieces into the puzzle on the floor. And he made some comment like, how can you just look and know where they go? And I'm like, it's the entire point of a puzzle. I'm not good <laughs> at those kinds of puzzles. Math puzzles all day. I can do like find 20 words out of these five letters. Great at that. Word searches, finding games, although you and I played a finding game on the plane here of, like, find a spatula in this picture. Those are fun, though, yeah. Those are good. I thought I was really good at them until literally three days ago, so (laughs) there's that. Anyway. Crossword puzzles. We've derailed. To all of you who stuck with us, let's talk about crossword puzzles and how they were invented. Crossword puzzles were invented by Arthur Wayne, who was born on June 22nd, 1871, in Liverpool, England, and he lived in Edge Lane for a time. His father was the editor of a local newspaper, the Liverpool Mercury, and he immigrated to the United States on June 6, 1891, at the age of 19, settling in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. While in Pittsburgh, Wayne worked at the Pittsburgh Press newspaper and played violin in the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. He then later moved to New York City and worked at the New York World newspaper. He is best known for his creation of the crossword puzzle in 1913 when he was a resident of Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Wayne created the crossword puzzle for the quote-unquote fun section of the Sunday edition of the New York World. For the December 21st, 1913 edition, he introduced the puzzle with a diamond shape with a hollow center and the letters F-U-N already filled in at the top. He called it a word cross puzzle. 
Although Wayne's invention was based on earlier puzzler forms, such as the word diamond, he introduced a number of innovations, including use of horizontal and vertical lines to create boxes, meaning that they had to solve more puzzles during or throughout the game. Gotcha. And then he subsequently pioneered the use of black squares in a symmetrical arrangement to separate words, rows, and columns. So he's also, on top of innovating the diamond puzzle, introduced the blank space. The negative space. The negative space, yeah. A few weeks after the first uh, word cross puzzle was introduced, the name of the puzzle was changed to the cross word as a result of a typesetting error. Uh, I like it better. I like it better, too. Wynn's puzzles have been known as crosswords ever since. So Wynn was the first person credited with this type of crossword. Okay. Yeah. Get it. So, little history on that. I will say that a lot of what I'm going to share in this episode is about American crossword puzzles. I didn't know that there were a lot of variations. There are other country or regional variations, but we're going to talk specifically about American crossword puzzles. All right, so let's get into the actual crossword puzzles. The puzzle itself. Okay. Everyone get out your pen and paper. We are going to dictate to you how to draw those. <laughs> First, start with a square. Then, inside of it, put many smaller squares. No, okay. <laughs> okay, so when you're doing crossword puzzles in America, as we've already described, there are blank open squares for you to write in, and then there are shaded squares that are meant to separate the words. You're also in a North American space using those to check yourself. So the words have to work in order for everything to spell each other out. Does that make sense? No. Like if you misspell a word, it won't line up with the next word. Oh, you have to use an American spelling of a word. You have to use, well, no, it really doesn't have anything to do with America, so I did a poor job explaining. It's just how the North American ones are set up. So in North America, there are only one-sixth shaded squares where in other parts of the world there's almost a quarter shaded square so it's more there's more breathing room throughout the globe but in american crosswords it is more dense in use of letters rather than shaded squares gotcha so you use the letters of other words words are crossing each other more right so if you misspell it you'll mess it up you're screwing up the whole thing but you're also using that as a tool right so if you Right, because you're like, okay, the third letter in is a P. Right, so in a lot of cases, at least this was our Papa strategy, you go through and you answer the ones you're relatively confident about, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you use those to help you figure out the others. Yes, so we call this checks. That was just a really long way to introducing the check system. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're making sure that both the across and the downs are lining up. The other fun fact that I slipped in there is that in American crossword puzzles, only one-sixth of the squares are shaded, but throughout the globe, there are typically more shaded squares. So less words, less crossings. Right. Got it. In theory, slightly less challenging, but I don't know because I don't want to like make a broad blanket statement that way. Fair, fair. Okay, so there's a few things that I'm going to call clue types and rules. Okay. I've labeled them this. <laughs> the internet did not label them this, so I'm we're just gonna own that up front. Oh, that you this are an might expert, be so I a think little you blurry. get to weigh in, yeah. But part of what the rules are, crossword clues are generally consistent with the solutions. So for instance, if they're in past tense, meaning traveled on horseback, the answer would be road and not ride. That makes sense. So they are generally consistent in the way that they're written. So when they're prompting you that way, you're going to use 
an answer that matches the same tense. So another example they gave, family members would be a valid clue for aunts, but not uncle. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I thought that was helpful. The other thing that's fun about crossword puzzles is you're supposed to write in all capital letters. That Did makes you know sense. that? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Because that way you can't mess up what it looks like. And also, if you were to have, like, McDonald's as an answer, you the little C wouldn't matter. Right. Right? So everything is capital. So you would still answer McDonald's as, like, you know, a fast food chain. Right. But the little C doesn't help or draw back from anything. It's just a C. Right. The other thing is proper names, all caps, all of that jazz. Other things that I learned is this is where we really have to understand the nuances of crossword. So, for example, abbreviations are totally fine if it can be indicated in the clue. So, example, you could put S-E-N for senator, which is often used in American crossword puzzles because you have so many more crosses that have to be accounted for. So, you may get three-letter or two-letter words that aren't really words, but are abbreviations. Commonly used or acceptably used. Acceptably used abbreviations. Other things that typically help are some things like themes. So if you know you're on theme, it helps you narrow down what the answer might be. But there are also things like indirect clues that I think are more of wordplay clues. So things like half a dance could be can, C-A-N, for the can-can. Because it's half. That's... That's exactly where I think some of this gets a little mm, mm, for me. Tricky tricks. Yes. Yeah. I, that one kind of caught me and out. That, I was like, mm. And that's one of those weird little just game nuances that if you're privy to, you're like, okay, I get what's going on. But see, then it could be like the cha-cha. So it'd be a cha. So it'd be a cha. Right. But you could it could say half a dance. So then you have to figure out, like, what are dances that are repetitive, repetitive words, or, and then it's just half. But I guess. But if you understand that that's what's happening, that makes it easier. Right. But there are others that are more straightforward. So that's the ones when you kind of pick and choose the ones you know, and then you kind of go back and you figure it out. So there are the before and after clues that feature one word that is part of two phrases, often designated parentheses and or brackets. Brackets. That's hard. Brackets. It's like I'm (laughs) ready for breakfast. Brackets. So the example that they gave was doing blank keeper. So it was doing time and timekeeper. Yeah, see, those are another ones that trick me up because I don't tricks. understand what they're trying to do there. But now, okay, yeah. But now, so you'd have to kind of know what they are going for there because I also wouldn't have doing blank keeper knowing that you're trying to find the word time. Right. But then they had ones that were like fill in the blank. So it was like blank bowlin. Right. Yeah. Which is what? And. And, right. So things like that where you're like, okay, well, I only know one bowlin. Yeah. So we're going to go with that. So the other ones that I didn't really get but kind of understand was sometimes they'll put a question mark at the end of a clue, which signals that the clue or answer involves some sort of pun or wordplay. So the example they gave was grateful question mark. And then it was the answer is ashes since a great might be full of them. I understand what they're trying to say, like great full. Right. I don't understand what great would be full of ashes. Maybe like a fireplace grate. Oh, a grateful. See, and I thought like Grateful Dead and like they were dead and then cremated and then ashes. But maybe. I don't know. Because we don't know. I don't understand the rules of crossword puzzles. It was the example. You can you can reference Wikipedia on that one. I pulled that one from Wikipedia. So <laughs> I'm just going to say. But in theory, 
that is what a question mark would indicate is that we're being punny. Okay. We're playing okay. off of it and we're asking you to think a little bit. No, thank you. Yeah. So think enough. And then some of them are just like basic. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how to describe those. They're sentences. A striped animal. A striped a zebra. zebra. Right. Tiger. Tiger. Something striped. Which I also think some of this becomes part of the difficulty, right? So like if we're doing one for like basic general population, they're probably going to have more of those types of obvious clues. Whereas like when you get to the more advanced one, maybe you get the grateful prompt. And if you're solving those, then good for you. You understand how to do crossword puzzles. You clearly do. The other ones that I really liked was it is acceptable in now in today's day that you can use more colloquial phrases. So something like what's up could be included in or what are you doing? I thought that was cute. Oh. I also, though, struggle with, like, how... Do you spell it? Do you spell it? Because what you in my world is maybe not what what you in your world would be. Yeah. I feel like in that sense, you might have to do a quick Urban Dictionary search, and we just all agree that that's how slang is spelled. Right. I would agree. I think you'd have to almost start like that. I also would think that maybe they aren't used as often, but I have no scientific evidence for that. Other ones that I found were the cross-reference. I actually quite enjoyed this one because I think... It's a fair clue, but it just makes it slightly more challenging. So they use something like one across would be the central character of Lord of the Rings. So you'd say Frodo. Okay. And then you'd go down and you'd play your game, blah, blah, blah. And then it'd be 17 down would be precious object for one across. Oh, the ring. Right. So it's kind of like a building on each other one. I actually think that's kind of fun. That's fun. Obviously, we don't know because I'm sure someone else is like, oh, man, I've had a real pickle on that. But Well, assuming that you know the first clue, it's fun. There's also clues that are called quick clues or straight clues that are more familiar with cryptic puzzles are often simple definitions. They're just sufficient in and of themselves. Gotcha. There's also things like the answer to the clue PC key. Could be anything from escape, ESC, or alt, ALT, or delete, DEL. So there's things like that where it's a quick clue, but could have multiple answers. So you also have to figure that out using the check system we talked about oh earlier. Gosh. It's like it's all connected. It's like it's all connected. So the last couple of things I wanted to talk on was the other puzzles that live in this puzzle universe. And I found three that I really liked. Oh, so one is meta puzzles, which means you solve the puzzle, but once you've solved it, there's a puzzle within the puzzle. What? Yeah. So it's like you pull either certain clues out or they make certain other phrases. It made me think a little bit, and I'm sure that the crossword puzzlers out there are going to be like, Amy, not at all. But you know in A Christmas Story when he gets the clues that, sings, that says drink more Ovaltine? Have you never seen The Christmas Story based on your face right now? <laughs> not in its entirety, Okay. No. Random side tangent about the Christmas story. My least favorite Christmas movie. I know. I'm sure we're going to get hate mail for that. I just, I think it's a movie about nothing, really. My husband loves it. We watch it at his family's house every Christmas. It's a big deal. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But it's cute. And as a person who actually really likes cute movies, I don't know why I don't relate to it. I just, I don't. But it's neither here nor there. That's what it reminds me of. You have not context for that. So we're just going to... Is it like, and my reference for this are the kids' menus at restaurants where they'll have the clues and you'll fill out the words and then, like, you're writing across in regular lines, but then one bubble for each letter is, like, white, and then all the white bubbles spell a different 
hint to some riddle or something. Yes. Based on my research and that alone, yeah. Okay. I think so. You can correct us. You can find us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. And you can tell us if that's better. Um, I'm sure we've just ruined a lot of things for you. So anyway, other puzzles that I liked was the Schrodinger or quantum puzzles. So are they puzzles or are they not puzzles? So this is my favorite. I'm just going to read you a description because I actually thoroughly enjoyed this. Okay. So some puzzle grids contain more than one correct answer for the same set of clues. These are called Schrodinger or quantum puzzles alluding to... Schrodinger's cat. Thank you. Schrodinger puzzles have frequently been published in venues like Fireball Crosswords and the American Values Club Crosswords, and at least 10 have appeared in the New York Times since the late 1980s. The Daily New York Times puzzle for November 5th in 1996 by Jeremiah Farrell had a clue for 39 Across that read, The lead story in tomorrow's newspaper with 43 across. Okay. In tomorrow's newspaper. So the answer for 43 across was elected. And depending on the outcome of that presidential election, the answer for 39 across would have been correct with either Clinton or Bob Dole. Tricky. Tricky. So each one would have its corresponding down answers that would still work. And on September 1st, 2016, the Daily New York Times puzzle by Ben Tosog, sorry if I butchered that, had a four square which led to the correct answers reading both across and down. If the solvers entered either M or F, the puzzle's theme, gender fluid, was then revealed at 37 across, having a variable identity as suggested by the four squares in this puzzle. Interesting. I like it. Thank you. So, a fun fact about the Clinton and Bob Dole one is that... Wait, who won? Clinton. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Oh, I thought that was a serious <laughs> question. I was like, Allison, we're going to have to hold, have a whole different episode on that. No. So, it is stated that the most famous crossword of all time is by Jeremiah Farrell and was published with the presidential election. It has also been featured in the movie Wordplay and the book The Crossword Obsession, by Coral Amandi. So it's literally been referenced as one of the greatest crossroads of all time in wow. documentation. Well, I get it. That was a very clever thing to do. Yes. Those are my couple really fun facts on different crossword things. I've got just one more fun fact for us to wrap up the episode with, and we're going to do a pop quiz style. It's literally one question. Oh, okay. You won't get it right, right. but it's a fun way for us to start. But what if I do get it right? I would be so Blow impressed. your mind. Blow my mind. Okay. I would be so impressed. What is the most popular word used in crossword puzzles? Easy. And. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's era. E-R-A. Oh. Is the most common word in crossword puzzles. Up after that are R, A-R-E, area, A-R-E-A, and or, O-R-E. I feel like I wasn't that far off. You weren't. I mean, small three-letter word. Three-letter word. I, a lot. We needed vowels, it seems like to me. Yeah. There is also a national crossword competition called the American Crossword Puzzle Tournament that's been held since 1978, but I didn't dive too far into that because I just wanted to keep it more about the games. But if you're interested, let us know, and we're happy to share it. But otherwise, that is it. Thanks for letting me talk at you. 
Do it that what you will. If you have any comments, corrections, suggestions, or fun facts, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's our Instagram, Facebook, and website. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.